Hey, this is Paige Craig, and you're listening to the Moto X Podcast. This is Jason Wygant. You're not listening to Podcast Podcast. This is like at least third or fourth best Moto X Podcast. some firehouse i was feeling a little want to bang my head a little bit tonight so yeah little 90s firehouse rock on the radio yeah i hope you guys like that if not i'll tell you all right episode 137 tonight of the moto x pod show brought to you by once again our title sponsor for 2020 torque one racing shock socks all sport dynamics blood lubricant oils fly racing power band racing Works wheels and mods, extreme colors, helmet painting, X-Brand goggles new on board for 2020, and a Cherby's officially part of the Moto X Pod Show and the podium once again. We want to thank those guys for coming on board. Um, we're going to call TJ here in a little bit. He is once again out of town, but we're going to talk a little bit about the MXGPs and, of course, Red Bull Straight Rhythm coming up this weekend. Um, really looking forward to that. Tonight on the line, we're going to have from a Cherby's USA, riding his first Red Bull straight rhythm on the 125, Max Bolin. And uh, Texas guy, Scotty Haynes, who owns Performance Factory MX and was a mechanic for a number of pro riders that you've heard of in the 90s. We're going to get him on, talk a little bit about that, tell some stories. Um, should be really good. Uh, I want to talk about some giveaways we're going to be doing in the next couple weeks. I come on here all the time, we talk about Patreon.com and how you guys can Sign up for Patreon and support the show if you want. So we're going to give back to our Patreon supporters in October quite a bit. What we're going to do is I talked to a bunch of our sponsors and we're going to give away some products from Torque One Racing. We're going to give away some Cerakoting for Works Wheels and Mods. We're going to give away some stuff from Fly Racing, Shock Socks, Blood Lubricants, and a Cherbies to all of our Patreon listeners. We're going to do a contest on there. I will... Uh, if you're listening and you're on the Patreon website, if you're supporting us on Patreon already, I will post a, a note here probably tomorrow about what we're going to do. If you are not a Patreon supporter, get on board if you want to help out and if you want to get in on these giveaways. One of the things we're going to give away this month is a set of fly arrow taper handlebars. Uh, JT told me that's what we could give away this month. They are a cross barless handlebar. And we're going to be giving one of those away to a Patreon subscriber or uh, supporter, as well as all the other stuff I talked about. Um, so, yeah, and I want to also mention that we're going to redo a lot of our commercials here in the next couple of weeks. TJ and I have been talking about some ideas. I assume most of you guys probably just skip right over the, the commercials. I don't blame you. I do that with Pulp most of the time and other shows I listen to. But do me a favor and stick it out tonight, at least in the first set of commercials. We worked on a new X-Brand commercial that my son helped me with. And uh, it, I think it's kind of fun. It's a little bit cheesy, but I want to hear you get your thoughts. And uh, the 7 Deuce Trace, Tyler Intonap helped me out with the Cherbies commercial. So, yeah, stick those things out, man. Check them out. 
listen to it. Let me know what you guys think. And we're going to try to redo all the commercials. But our sponsors are huge to us, man. I mean, we cannot make this thing happen. We cannot go to the races that we're going to coming up without them. So please support all of our sponsors. It means more than you'll have any idea to us. Um, but yeah, some big things coming up. Some events in Texas coming up that we're going to be doing. We'll talk about. Um, but yeah, so get involved. Get in with Bob Patreon and help out with this these sponsors. But um, one other thing, we are going to give away for everybody. You don't have to be a patron supporter. We're going to give away a separate separate Sarah coating from Works Wheels and Mods. Brett Hooper told me we could do this. So we're going to do give two away, one on Patreon, one on the regular show. What I want you to do is put your pictures up on Instagram of your bike that needs a Sarah coating. If it's all, you know, the, if the, the coating's all rubbed off the clutch cover or the stator cover, post those pictures on Instagram, tag the Moto X pod show tag works, wheels and mods, and we will pick a winner in two weeks from tonight. So thanks for Brett Hooper for that. Okay. I'm going to take a quick little break and get TJ on the phone. We'll talk some MXGP and then get into our guests. All right, what's up? DJ TJ on the line from somewhere out in Bumfuck, Texas. Dude, it is literally the ugliest, worst part of Texas where I work. So I will say the only thing good I hear, I've said it before, is the money. (laughs) Right on. Well, DJ TJ is going to be brought to us tonight by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which was created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race motocross, sprint cars, any kind of dirt track, or even um, whatever that car is that your wife has at Auto Miata, a Miata at Autocross, bloodlubricants.com has the oil for you. All right, DJT, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, your wife raced her Miata at Texas Motor Speedway, and she got up to the speeds of about 250 miles an hour around the high banks, right? That's what it felt like, actually. When I actually rode with her one time, I. Just so people know, uh, she has done an amazing job with taking our kid all over, being a super awesome moto mom, and we wanted to give her a taste of racing. We bought her a Miata. We were going to do first-generation, people probably play their gay cars, but they're actually super cool. We were going to do a restoration on it, but I figured before we did that, let her take it racing to autocross. Um, She got last place in the women's class. And she had an absolute blast. Anybody has a chance to do it. I rode with her once. My whole goal was to just be like her pit crew and um, not ride, not race, just enjoy, you know, let her enjoy it. She asked me to ride with her one time, and she did like a straight up like 360 in a corner, spun <laughs> out. The only time she spun out or anything, I was with her. And um, she didn't freak out. She did great. After the race, I'm like, I'm like, what do you want to do? You said you want to restore this car. She goes, Nope, we're building a race car. <laughs> That's rad. So hey, um, real quick, there's something making like a clicking or banging noise uh, on your end. Is it doing it now? No. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that's that. That's cool, though. You know, no, that's cool, man. That's cool that she wants to race. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. We, I mean, hell, we love racing, it, so. It was so much fun that the next time we go out, we're we're putting together a big group, and hopefully you'll be able to make it. And we're we got a plan to basically get cars for everybody to be able to go out. I mean, autocross is amazing. Like, it is more grassroots racing than I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, that's true. Saying it was 
it's what racing's about. I mean, it's not car to car, but it's time trials deal. But it's yeah, I was blown away by how much fun it actually was. So uh, well, uh, we may be starting a, a, a autocross podcast soon enough. No, joking <laughs> about that. But it was it was a lot of fun. It really was. Well, cool. Before we get into, we're gonna talk a little bit about the the GP the or uh, the um. MX of Nations that just just ended uh, last weekend. But before we do that, I want to tell you, because I haven't even talked to you about this yet, I just kind of talked about it in the opener. we got a bunch of really cool giveaways this month, TJ. So um, well, I need to send my emails in. Once again, you're not eligible. But for our Patreon supporters, this month, most of our giveaways are going to be Patreon only. We're going to give something away from Torque One. Works Wheels and Mods is going to do some Cerakoting. Fly Racing's giving away a set of handlebars, shock socks, blood lubricants, and Cherbies. All stuff we're giving away this month on Patreon. So yeah. Well, I need all those things. So I'm just saying, I gotta right. have to use my 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 other account you don't know about. Right, right. Yes, the the one that you use for your gay porn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about the our opinions of in MX of Nations. We know that. I, hold on, hold on. Yep. I'll tell you everybody what your opinion was about halfway through one of the races because we were across the state from each other. We were watching at the same time in a text group message, and you basically said, "I'm going back to bed." Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was it? it was six o'clock, or yeah, I guess six o'clock in the morning, or five thirty, I think, is when the gate dropped here for the first moto, and I was, it was huh? Yeah, was it six? Okay. Either way, I yeah. was I was really tired. Obviously, that's that's fairly early, and I was tired, but I was excited. And then about ten seconds into the first moto, as we all know, Jason Anderson and Justin Cooper crashed together. They showed Justin Cooper getting up, and I was just like, all the air went out of me, and I was like, fuck. And then all of a sudden, I was falling asleep. I was very, I was pretty frustrated. The second moto didn't go super either. So, yes, I did go back to bed and watch the, the rest later. Well, I, I say the most amazing thing is the composure that JT showed during announcing <laughs> while you know he was on suicide watch. Yeah, you know, he said in the uh that the the post race stuff with Pulp that he didn't have super high expectations anyway. Like so he was and he's used to it I guess, so he was okay. He wasn't as upset as we thought he would be. Although he was pretty excited. Well, we, he said when he when he knew the rain was coming. So Saturday night, when they realized how much it was going to rain, that he knew was probably not going to go well. So he wasn't that upset. Yeah, but he damn sure did I a actually, good job. I actually, oh yeah, that, yeah. I actually say that. I'll be honest with you. I found myself kind of rooting for France. Um, okay. A lot of people don't like the French, but I just was like, like they were supposed to not do. They were like kind of where America was. They were a super underdog this time. And the fact that at one point in time, they were tied for second. Right. And if Paul Ann's bike wouldn't have broke, I was gutted for France. Just as much as I would have been had it happened to any team. But I was just gutted for France. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. I mean, I was I was bummed for um, Australia. Yeah. Because I like Burner and yeah. Austin Kent, who's kind of a friend of the show. He was wrenching for... Uh-huh for one of the guys and uh, Duffy, I believe. And yeah, I was kind of bummed for those guys, but not as bummed as I was for us because I had gotten my expectations and my hopes pretty high. You got sucked in by, by, uh, by Cooper team fried, all that stuff. Everything had me sucked in, man. I mean, I, I, 
and honestly, I think they would have been podium, you know, had had that not happened. I mean, apparently Justin does have like a, I guess he has a, some kind of fracture in his hand, and uh, yeah. I mean, he rode through it. Now, I'm not hating on these guys at all. I absolutely love the fact that they went over early and the way they did things. Um, I'm very proud of them. It just didn't go well. Well, here's how I guess my turnaround to it is. You know, okay. I'm not a big, like, let's go to races all the time, right? Yeah. I got on the phone afterward that day because it was early. My wife wasn't awake on the weekend that early. But I called my wife and I'm like, we need to figure out how to go to France next year. <laughs> right, right. Because I'm because I'm like a little bit rejuvenated for a Team America now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just really I know it sounds bad, but I'm like, like there's a chance. Like, what if this turns around? You hated the re- to... you hated the Red Bud experience last year. Yeah, but that was terrible. <laughs> you didn't like the the whole atmosphere, the experience of the race. Now you want to go all the way to France. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> with See, his, that's what I'm saying. That, that's how that's how good of a job Team America did. Firing with, you up. Team USA did with with like getting us sucked back in, just right. drawing back in. Yeah, I I would bet that the moment you see the prices to fly to France, you'd be like, yeah, never mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be more than a hundred bucks. What if I can like? What if they have Airbnb over there? Probably. We need to find somebody that has like a private plane. Well, that, I don't even know if you can take a, most private planes all the way to France. You probably need a pretty big fuel capacity for that. But anyway, I don't know. I, I'd love to do it, but yeah. But then I'd have to take Amber because there's no way she's letting me go to France without her, and I know I can't afford that. Yeah, we got to figure this out. Right. Hey, babe, we're going to. Uh, Dallas for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're broke down. We'll be back in four days. Exactly. We got to figure that out. Exactly. We're going. We got to tell her it's something like it's some kind of men's retreat or something kind of deal <laughs> or like. I just get just start acting ultra religious and just be like, you know, I've got to go to this Mormon convention every year, and we'll just do it then. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, how about the track, man? I mean, I I thought the track was pretty shitty for racing. Really? I don't know oh, that it, I, maybe if it hadn't been so wet, it would have seemed a little better, but it wasn't fantastic. I thought, I thought it held the rain fine. I thought oh. for, I, I thought, yeah, the track, it, they said it multiple times on the, on the broadcast. Had it been anywhere else, it would have been a pure D crap show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that sand at least helped some. Good. It could not have, I don't think it could have been any better anywhere else. I thought the layout, everybody was complaining about it. And I just thought, hey, you know what? That was fine. It was a dirt bike race. Yeah, the the reality is, it, like a lot of people said, oh, there's almost nowhere to pass. Even some of the riders said there's nowhere to pass. Hurlings didn't have any problem passing people. Yep. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. Yeah. And so- our guys didn't have... Didn't seem to have problems going backwards sometimes, so I'm just saying. So they were getting past, right? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm I'm really interested to hear. Uh, well, I've already kind of heard Zach a little bit, but now that it's been a few days, I kind of want to hear his thoughts on it tonight on Pulp. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't know. Oh, the Pulp, the Pulp shows tonight. Yeah, yeah. So for those that are listening, the wrap up show will be Thursday night, 
because Steve, you know, I guess he was too tired after traveling back from Holland to do the show on Monday night. Clippy, clippy. <laughs> well, he'll he'll expect it still to be on Wednesday. You wrap up. No, I already texted him and said, "Hey, it's not going to be till Thursday. Since you're a day late, I'm gonna be a day late." And he just gave me a thumbs up. Yeah, they. You know, I'll, I'll listen to the wrap up show, and then if it's if it's worth it, I'll listen to Pulp. Yeah, too much. We're gonna do another. Uh, we're gonna pre-record another classic wrap up show here, probably next week sometime for the next time awesome. that they're he's off. We're gonna do episode thirteen which was Kenny Watson's first show as a full-time host. Are you ever going to classic commentary the or classic review or wrap-up on uh, LaserGate? Well, if you'd let me finish, we're doing 13 okay. and 139, which is LaserGate. Heck yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. We'll have that one in the, what do they call it, in the, uh, in the entertainment industry. There's a word when you have it, a show ready to go. I can't remember what the hell they call it now. but In the can? Yeah, in the can. We're going to have that one in the can, yeah. ready to go. So, anyway, back to the Moto X Pod show, though. Um, so, I haven't told you anything because you're never here, but tonight we're going to have Max Bolin on to talk about Red Bull Straight Rhythm and Loretta's. And we're going to yeah. have uh, Texas Scotty Haynes, who owns Performance Factory MX. And he, at one time, wrenched for a couple of your favorite riders, including Ivan Tedesco and Damon Bradshaw. Hot sauce is the man. Yeah, well, he's like, for those that don't. Weirded out by me every time I talk to him. He's like, "Who's this freak that still knows who I am?" But right, right. I mean, well, for the for our listeners, because of the magic of pre-recording, I've actually already recorded those interviews. So there's some pretty good stories, and Scotty had a bunch of good stories, and we're gonna have to have him back on because we just didn't have time to get into everything. But um, yeah. Anyway. And we've got some new commercials. Another thing, I hadn't told you anything. I don't keep you in the loop. Um, have two new commercials. My son, Gunner, came over and helped me record an X-Brand commercial. And awesome. uh, the Tyler Antonap, the Seven Deuce Trace, recorded a, a Cherby's commercial. So there's two new commercials in the loop. So I asked everybody to home, at least listen to them once. I'll be to do a new commercial for yep. Williams Motorworks. Oh, that's cool, man. All right. Yeah, I didn't know you were doing that. Sweet. So, and are we yeah. going to, we were going to do a couple other commercials. We need to redo all the commercials, honestly. Yes. So. It's time to do a complete revamp of the show. Yeah. Even new host. Wait, never mind. No, no. Well, a new co-host for sure. Well, yeah, but not the producer. Just keep the same producer. What producer? Oh, me. Me. The pro- I'm the one that, <laughs> you know, me. Yes. So, yeah. anyway, we'll get all that done, but let's, uh. I guess I'm going to wrap this up with you, TJ. We'll, I'll get it edited, even though I know it sounds weird because you guys are just listening to this live, but the, the show's actually already over. So I'm going to edit yep. this thing, get it pieced all together, and post it so everybody can listen to the awesomeness that is the Moto X Pod show. That's right, brother. All right, TJ. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Have a good one. All right. See ya. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear extra goggles. 
Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbiusA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo Senya. Right, I'm really excited about our next guest of the night. He is brought to you by Acherby's USA. For decades, Acherby's has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. So Acherby's USA brings us the one and only Maximus Bolin. What's up, Max? What's up, guys? Not a lot, man. Pretty excited to talk to you. You're uh, you're you're got going to be running Red Bull Straight Rhythm this weekend, and I want to talk to you about that in a minute. But let's just talk about uh, 2019 as a whole. You kick some butt at Loretta's. You pretty happy with your season so far? Uh, yeah. No, so far it's it's been a good year. Um, I've pretty much won every race I've entered on the Super Mini. Right. Just so just to end off the Super Mini with a a six moto sweep at Red is, is is pretty uh pretty much what you dream of doing. But uh yeah, getting on this one twenty five, hopefully do pretty good here at Straight Rhythm. It's just a pretty fun race, but I still want to win it. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there it goes. How do you how do you like this one twenty five so far? Is it uh I mean I know your your super mini's got a crap ton of power probably, but is there a big difference in the bikes? Um it it wasn't too gnarly of a change when I first got on it, but yeah, the power on the 125 definitely does not have the torque of the Super Mini, so oh. I've always just been like, oh, I've been able to do this on a Super Mini, this and that. But <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but it's but it hasn't been that bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's you know it's kind of the a good stepping stone to get on a 250 in the future. How how long do you think before that happens? Um, well, I know we are we're going to be sticking the 125 this year. Okay, so probably. Probably after Reddit's next year, I'll, I'll finally be on a 250. We might might just get one midway through this year coming up just to ride it and see how it is. But mainly full time uh, 250 will be after Reddit's next year. Okay, cool. That yeah, so a, a good year on the 125. Hey, I want to ask you about your name, man. Mac, Maximus is um that's a pretty bold name that your dad gave you. That's that's a warrior's name. Um, it, that that's kind of something. That's almost like naming your kid Thor. I mean, that's you, you got to be a, a a pretty bad dude to walk around with the name Maximus. Do do you uh think about that at all, or is it just you know, hey, I'm, that's just your name? It's it's always really just been my name, but the story behind getting my name is my dad sitting on the couch watching Gladiator. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> he, he watched it about three times, and he's like, oh, that's a pretty good name. So. That's where I got my name, and that's pretty much what we've uh, rocked with is just like a Spartan kind of warriors. how I've been uh, promoting my name. But yeah, I like to it. To me, it's just always been my name. Yeah. 
There, there used to be like in the '90s, they would do the world's strongest man competition, and there was this guy that I would watch every once in a while. You'd see it on some chat like ESPN or whatever, and the guy that won all the time, I think his name was like Maximus Maximus or something like that. Like that's the first time I think I really remember the name Maximus sticking out. So when I saw, you know, first started hearing about you. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, that's that your your dad Talon was a bad dude too, though. So I think that that's just neat. I think your name's really cool, and it's going to stick out even along with all your talent. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think I don't. I've never heard anyone else with the, with the name I've got, but yeah, man, I'll meet someone eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's more of a you know like a European. It's more common, I think, in Europe or you know overseas, but. I like it. I dig it. I can't wait for, uh, you know, the, when you go pro and Supercross and Ralph Shaheen's announcing Maximus. That's just going to be, it's going to be rad. Um, talk about practicing right now, man. You said you, you were out practicing earlier today. You got some more practice to do here later this evening. What's your training schedule like leading up to straight rhythm? And have you changed anything from your normal practice to prep for straight rhythm? Well, we definitely – haven't been practicing any laps really like I'll do a couple laps maybe just to warm up but we've been just either hitting transfers play riding and then we got like a little straight rhythm track set up where it's like 45 seconds long so we just do like a 45 second sprint on half of the track okay that's we've we've been practicing that a lot and then uh really the main thing has been just skimming whoops making sure we get the whoops skimmed down really good because yeah, <laughs> the I was bike gonna, and everything. I was going to ask you about that. Is that something previous to this that you had rode a little Supercross? I, I know you've done you know, Supercross Futures a little bit, and but there's not generally big whoops at that. I didn't know how much time you'd had on a set of like serious whoops. Well, on a Superman, you, you, like those big whoops are so big, it's the size of the, size of the bike. So. True. Really, with the 125, we didn't even approach the big whoops until we got on the 125 because we knew it would just be ridiculous to be doing on a Super Mini. But once we got on the 125, we've just been working them. I've been coming from off over the berm like it's a wall or skimming <laughs> them from the corner. Yeah. Doing whatever we can, skim them forwards, backwards, whatever we can do to make sure we got those things dialed for straight rhythm. Awesome. Any, any trepidation or, like, nerves hitting some the first time? Because I always say – that's if I had any talent at all and had to ride Supercross, that'd be the one thing that I think I'd just want to go around every lap. <laughs> um, well, I had some technique from the Super Mini skimming smaller sets of whoops, so I had the technique down. It's just the first day we didn't really touch them that much. I I skimmed them like once, and then once the second day came around, I was fresher and. Uh, it's just really the commitment and speed yeah. coming into the whoops is all you need, especially on, on a 125, quick, and I'm, like, hitting them fourth. So yeah. <laughs> it's just about hitting them committed and with a lot of speed. But yeah. it came pretty naturally pretty fast. Yeah, I guess at, at your age, first of all, most guys don't have any fear anyway. And then when you have the kind of talent you do, it's probably a lot different than when somebody like me goes into a set and you're just, like, trying not to die. So... <laughs> Yeah. Um, what did you think about Supercross Futures this year? Uh, I mean, it's it's the quote-unquote stepping stone for Supercross, but at the same time, the tracks are somewhat mellow because of all the different age groups and, and ability levels. Um, do you still think it's a pretty good, like it, the idea behind it is good? Um. Yeah, I mean, what, what I've always thought, if they really want to make a great stepping stone for the Futures is like, 
have how they have the Nationals, a 125 All-Star, but make it like a 250 All-Star class. So they race under the lights Saturday night with the pros on the same track. I feel like that would be the ultimate uh, stepping stone in yeah. Supercross if they were to do that. But even even with the futures, it's it's still a pretty good stepping stone. The tracks aren't quite as gnarly, but you can always practice on a gnarly Supercross track. That's True. realistic, but it's just the environment and being in the stadium with the people and I remember the first year I did it, they weren't expecting to be that many people there, so I ended up actually riding under the lights, so that was pretty cool. And I think it's just good to have the experience of being there and being under the stadium. Yeah, and I do like what, you're, you, what you said about it'd be cool to have a like a 250 class or you know a, a class for, what, for a higher ability level like yourself or a Carson Mumford under, on Saturday night. That would be really cool. Um, I think with TV time, that's probably plays a big factor in why they don't do something like that. But I've heard people say that like, that'd be maybe more exciting than say having the KTM juniors class, but uh, yeah, maybe at some point they'll add something like that. That's I like the idea of it for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, even if it has to be only a six to four lap supercross race, you're still there Saturday night riding the same track. Right. You're getting the same experience. Yeah, because like you say, riding with the the crowd is a big part of it. You know, um, Ryder D last year, you know, had a pretty rough uh, Monster Energy Cup, and he said the nerves got to him a little bit, you know, that under the lights, all those people. So having a little bit of practice with that before you go pro, probably, yeah, I would say that'd calm some nerves, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) I remember Monster Cup when I was going down the – the sand rollers next to Breezy and I was loop the bike, the whole yeah. crowd. I mean, you just hear everyone screaming. Like you go up into the corner and I just, you can hear everyone just like, it's just, it's crazy experience really. And, and yeah, the, the nerves will get to you, especially for riders. It was his first year there. I'm pretty sure. Yes, Same it was. with me, but I'm also was a lot bigger of a rider. on the Super Mini, <laughs> right. and I was pretty confident after being first qualifying every practice. So yeah. It's always going to be a little nerve-wracking. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Uh, you're doing it on the 125, obviously. Um, how did that opportunity come up? Was it something that you've been planning for a while, or did somebody come to you? Did KTM come to you? What What was the background on it? Well, uh, I really I wrote it last year, just practiced it on like the Thursday and Friday before the race. Okay. My, my dad was out of town, and we were actually like almost thinking about racing it because I was one of the fastest dudes there just practicing. But we decided, like, well, we need to have prepared for it and everything. But Smart. this year coming around, I knew I wanted to do it, and I knew that was going to be probably much my first race after the Reddits, but it was just getting the new bikes and the program. And then I really wanted to do it, really wanted to do it. And it's like, oh, well, we don't have anything like bike suspension, nothing. We don't have anything set up. Like we're thinking, all right, well, we're really not going to be able to get the time to do this race. And then last second, we're down here just te- testing outdoor suspension, our first day of testing outdoor suspension. And uh, Tyler Keith, the TL- Torley Designs KTM team manager, was like, yeah, we could get you guys a, a 150 inch Supercross suspension. I think we could be able to get it done. So it was really a last second decision to like, okay, we can actually, we actually have a chance to do this. So we only started last week, last Monday is when we first started riding. So oh, wow. it's really a last minute decision to do, but I hope it goes well. I'm really excited for it. Uh, 
been waiting to do this one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. Then I, I'm excited to watch it. It's really become one of those events that's very, very popular in the sport. Uh, I think it's more laid back. Red Bull makes it pretty fun. Uh, you know, with the two stroke thing going on now, no four strokes. It's just brought a lot of the old school guys out to enjoy it. It's it's a really cool event that's gaining popularity every year. Uh, I wish I could come to it, but um, I think it's really going to be cool to see you out there. I just, as I've said before, I mean, I think you have so much natural talent that I can't wait to see you grow as as you go pro. But um, you know, what do you, what are your expectations for this thing? You you expect yourself to win, or are you just going into it to you know right now? Let's have fun and take it serious, but just see how it goes. Well, uh, last year being pretty fast on the super mini. Yeah, I I was like, oh wow, I could actually maybe win it this year, but we didn't go on a race to this and that stuff just happened. And then this year, just coming up, I've expected, like, yeah, I should be able to win this thing. I mean, we looked at the 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 list of riders, and I went down, searched up everyone's Instagram, see what they're doing. And, I mean, it's a, it's a one twenty five, so all the pros are pretty pretty similar. I know. I seen there's this German kid coming over. He seemed pretty good, and uh, Jerry Robbins, Alex Nagy. I mean, these guys are all all pretty good riders. So it'll be a pretty close matchup, but I'm expecting to win this one. Yeah, it looks like uh, I'm looking at the list right now. I see AJ Cantanzaro listed, Carson Brown, Ryan Morris, yourself, uh, Carlin Gardner, Jeff Walker, Chase Marquier, Jerry Robbins. So yeah, there's some. I mean, there's some fast guys out there. But um, yeah, I think I think you depth sure have every bit of the ability so it's going to be exciting um you mentioned a minute ago this being your first race since loretta's that's one of the things that you know some people talk about with the way amateur racing is now that you guys don't really race like every weekend you know there's a lot of gaps in between your racing um is that something that you and your dad talk about is hitting local races every once in a while just to get gate drops or do you prefer uh, you know just training for the big races well Actually, the the best way racing is is completely different from practice. It doesn't matter if there's only two dudes on the gate. A gate drops. Yep, is always going to be different. It's always going to be racing. So actually, the way we train is we hit as many local races as we can. We hit. I mean, we'll go like before riders. We always try and hit every single one around our area. We'll probably race all all the way into riders just because we get, get gate drops and racing is good training. So. Yeah, I, I think that's important, and I like that your dad has you doing that. I mean, like, you definitely have the with your dad being the the you know having the experience he does. You have really really good mental support. You have somebody that knows what to look for and to, and to work on. And I think your pro, your program is pretty good. Um, you know, TLD KTM kind of almost cleaned house this after this year. There, I mean, there's a lot of young kids, a lot of new riders uh, that are going to be part of the team for 2020. Um, I would assume that when you go pro, that's where you'll go. Um, what is it like talking to, you know, with Tyler Keefe and seeing that that team is really trying to almost start over and, and, and rebuild. Like we say that a lot with football teams and stuff. It's a rebuild year. Like they're going in with some young guys and they're going to try to hopefully have a real powerhouse team in a couple years. Um, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's always been a pretty solid team. Yeah. This last year hasn't been the greatest for them, but I'm sure they'll they'll they're getting everything figured out. I went out riding uh, with with uh, Hartrath and Pierce, and they both looked pretty good. And, yeah, they have. I don't uh, think yeah, they've. I'll, I don't think they've officially announced the Hartrath thing yet, but that's all right. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think the press release has come out, but I think everybody knows that he's out there. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. No, it's um, okay. Yeah, no my my first year will be with them, and uh, I'm I, by the time I get there, everything should be pretty solid, and I I think it's pretty solid right now. I see they're testing some some stuff here and there. But you know it's behind the scenes, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a pretty good team, and I'll be there my first year at pros, and I'm excited. Yeah, I talked to, um, well, I guess if I say this, it's going to be obvious who it is, but I talked to a rider who is going to be riding one of those bikes this year that wasn't riding that bike last year, and uh, he he was saying like he could not believe how good that bike is. That you know anybody in the last couple of years that has said that bike's not good or that that bike's the problem was full of crap, basically. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I really look forward to Tyler Keith having some success. You know, I mean, the team hasn't done what they want to do. Clearly, they want to win a championship and it hasn't happened. Um, so I, I'm looking for good things. And yeah, I, th- I think when you get up there, that's when things are really going to change. I just I can't wait. I can't wait for you. And like there's a couple other kids like Ryder D who I really like. I just cannot wait for that era. It's like it's not coming quick enough. <laughs> well, that's that's one thing is is also going into the pros you don't want to go in too early because some of these kids Good. are going in so early and getting burnt out and then they're lost with the ride yep <laughs> so yeah that's really a good point what we've been trying to manage for myself is just Good. trying not to go in too early make sure we go in ready and, and go in winning that yeah that's a good plan man i like it i think again gonna be successful before i let you go uh, i may have asked you this before but what do you like to do when you're not riding? What What are your interests? What are your hobbies outside of moto? Are there any? Um, uh, well, just recently I've gotten into mountain biking a lot with my friends, and we uh hit some jumps. But <laughs> cool. it's been a little bit of a break coming into straight rhythm. One of my yeah. friends crashed. Uh, he hasn't been down to being riding mountain bikes recently. He kind of <laughs> hurt himself a little bit, so waiting for him to get healed up from that one and uh probably get back into that here pretty soon awesome well max man i really appreciate you taking some time i know you like you said you, you told me earlier you're going back out this evening to train some more um so good luck this weekend and thank you very much for taking some of your time for us tonight yeah thanks for having me on the show all right max take care we'll we'll talk to you again uh maybe before monster cup oh uh, yeah sure okay let's do that but uh in the meantime man be safe and good luck yeah, thank you. Okay, Max. Thanks. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. That's Max Bolin. Yeah, so guys, I'm sure everybody that listens to this is going to be watching Red Bull Straight Rhythm. It's going to be exciting. I like the 125 aspect this year. Um, and just seeing what he can do and all that. I can't wait, man. Red Bull is going to be exciting. Um, but anyway, we'll take a break. Back with uh, our next guest. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. 
They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try all sport dynamic wrist braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. All right, our second guest of the night is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the, the choice goggle of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, as well as Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, and 2017 Works and Hair and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Go to xbrand.com, that's eksbrand.com, or email me, darksidemx3 at AOL, for pricing. On the line with me, from Performance Factory MX, Mr. Scotty Haynes. What's up, Scotty? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going good, man. Um, so I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to you. Um, uh, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever met you, but apparently all my friends know you, and you're from the area, so I don't know how we've never met. <laughs> right. So, how long have you been in Texas? Uh, I basically grew up in Texas. Okay. So, pretty much all my life other than the years when I was traveling. Okay. Um, so, what part of Texas did you grow up in? Well, I was born in Dallas, but we moved to uh, Kaufman so, when I was about five. So, okay. I've been in Kaufman pretty much all my life. So, did you hit up like Swan and, and Mosier Valley and all those tracks back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um you know, I kind of, I grew up riding a lot and, you know, kind of come from a, a, I wouldn't say poor family, but, you know, we didn't have a lot of money to, to hit up the races. And when I did race, it was mostly smaller stuff. So, um, but yeah, I did it I, when I was, you know, 16 or so, and I was able to take myself to ride. And that's where I rode a lot with Swan and Moser and places like that. How old are you? I am 40. I'll be 44 in October. Dude. I'm, month, yeah. I'm 44. We absolutely cross paths. And I used to go to Swan when it was the $5 honesty box and you know, you right? Yeah. So you, we absolutely cross paths at some point and just didn't know it. Like my buddy, do you know, Michael Gage? Oh, I remember that name. Okay. He, name. He's one of my best friends. I asked him if he remembered you and he's like, Oh yeah, I know. I, I know that name too. So it's funny, you know, you, it's a small world, but sometimes you just, you don't go say hi to everybody. So it didn't probably, Never actually met you, but uh, you're, I guess Joshua Anderson is the one that um, he sent me a message like you got to get Scotty on. So let's talk a little bit about your history um, before okay. we get before we get into Performance Factory MX. Um, you sent me some some reference material, and you said you saw your first Supercross at age nine. Was that Dallas? Yes, in the Cotton Bowl. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but that's yeah, that's way back in the day. Obviously, if you're the same age as me, that's like a, a, almost a, a half a century ago. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, what, it was a long time ago, man. But I still remember that. You know, it was, it was such a such a neat experience for me. Well, and uh, so, tell me what happened that day. What do you remember? Like, what? Who? Who won? What? What do you remember? I remember sitting down at the end of the stadium, um, and there was a big double like going to this corner, and those guys like Rick Johnson, and Johnson was still on Yamaha's, I think. Um, and then David Bailey and I mean those guys nice. they would hit that double when they were throwing like Rick Johnson was doing the six shooter deal with his <laughs> with his hands, you know, and motioning the crowd. Yeah. Um and I was just hooked, man, from that day on. I just I loved it, you know. That's yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, I, I think wi- David Bailey won the race that night, I believe. I wish I had discovered this sport at that age. Unfortunately, I was probably fourteen, maybe fifteen when it really kinda got into it. Yeah. I remember seeing some supercross stuff and like, um, some of the stuff of wild world of sports, they would show, you know, every once in a while with Jeff Ward. And, but I didn't really just, I, I didn't fall in love with it and follow it until I was older. And I, I regret that a lot. Um, but okay. So as you become a factory or a, a pro mechanic after, after obviously once you get a little bit older, but you told me that you started having to wrench on your own bikes at nine years old, um, you mentioned a minute ago that your family didn't have a lot of money, so your parents, your dad, was teaching you to take care of your, keep, take care of what you had, which I think is an incredibly good um, lesson to learn. Talk a little oh, bit about how yeah. that you know influenced you and where you are now. So, my my parents actually divorced when I was nine. Okay. So, um, and I remember, so when I was nine, I had like a CR sixty, and. Um, and man, we had all this land around my house and we would just every day, I, I think from when we moved to Coffin when I was five and I think I was on a motorcycle every day up until at least when I was, well, even beyond when I was nine. But it's funny, my dad wasn't actually mechanical. He, he, um, he didn't have a, a very high knowledge of, of mechanics. So it was weird. Me and my brother, you know, we, we always used to read, you know, motocross action magazines and, yep. Any magazine you'd find on the store shelf, we would get those magazines. And they always had those tech deals, and so we'd always read that. And and we just – both of us were really mechanics. And it's funny because my, my brother went on to have a mechanical career, and then obviously I had a mechanical career. But um, we would just have to – you know, when the bikes broke, we'd have to figure out a way to fix them. Yeah. And, I mean, we would, we would rig up throttle cables from fishing line and just <laughs> weird stuff, you know. But it would work, you know. And, sure. Um, so it was just like a, but it was like a natural thing for, for us. And, and, um, you know, I think I was actually working on lawnmower engines before I ever worked on motorcycle engines. We would tear them apart and put them back together and just kind of try to figure out how they work. So that's kind of the gist of it, you know? Yeah. You just had that, that you were one of those guy kids that boys that wanted to know how things work. That's interesting. I work with a guy that I call him kind of a junk monkey. He's not like, um, really into anything high end, but he just loves piddling with, junk whatever refrigerators anything that's mechanical he just wants to take it apart and figure out how it works and yeah right. that, that sounds like kind of how you were you were just real interested in that huh yeah yeah and, and you know my my grandfather was a was a electronics engineer oh wow and, you know even as a kid so i would i would even if the vcr broke you know i'd take it apart and figure <laughs> out how it works or how to fix it or at least try to you yeah know? that's cool yeah i just had that kind of natural thing and uh never realize where it was going to take me but the funny thing going back to that is it's almost like during those years when i look at the old motocross magazine this is all through the mid 80s 
I had a, a more of an interest because you know that's when they still had the works bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had man, I would just look at those pictures and all of like you know Bob Hanner bikes and Bailey and all those those bikes and just be like, man, those things are just so cool. And I just study them and read about them and and it was just that's I think more so what led me to becoming you know wanting to to pursue the mechanic part of it. Yeah, that's really cool. So how much you were riding, obviously, we talked about that. How far did you go um, skill-wise and ability level when you were when you were racing? Uh, I mean, I would race like novice class and stuff like at Mosier Night Track, you know, and they said the track on the hill. Yep. Uh, but I really wouldn't race, but maybe if I was lucky, maybe once every month or every couple of months or something. Okay. So, And I did, I actually raced BMX um, back uh Oh, the late 80s, I guess. Uh, I did that more because it was cheaper. You right, know? right. Um, the entry fee was like eight bucks to race BML. <laughs> yeah, so, it's know. hard to beat. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just wanted to be active doing something, you know. But um, so my riding career, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say career, but I I basically met, do you remember David Lott? Uh, well, I he saw that you make, I saw that you wrenched for him, but I don't remember that name, to be honest. He was a local, uh, you know, Shan Garcia and those guys, they all, they all remember him, but okay. David was local. Um, when I first started talking to him and, and working for him, he was a local novice rider. And I basically just told him, I said, Hey, if, if you need someone to work on your bikes, you know, I knew kind of where I wanted to go with this. And so I was like, I'll work on your bikes for free and I'll go to the race. I'll make sure everything's the way you want it to be. And, you don't have to pay me anything, you know? And, um, he actually won a, I want to say a novice championship out at Lake Whitney. Okay. Um, and, uh, the cool thing about it though, is we were, <clears throat> we were actually getting parts from Paul Steinbrecher at the time, who was factory Suzuki mechanic. He was wrenching for Guy Cooper. I think then yeah. and went on to rent for, um, for Brian Swing. And so I got to, you know, going to Paul's house and seeing all this stuff, and he had the Suzuki box fan and all this stuff there, and I would always just, you know, see that. I was like, that's where I want to go. This is where I want to go. <laughs> right, right. And um, so I just stuck with that, and then David actually rode, oh, I guess till 95 or 96 he turned pro and never rode a local pro race, just hit the, the Mike Hit Arena Cross Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. And his first pro race, he made the main event. And the crazy thing is, I'll, I'll never forget this is in Des Moines, Iowa. He makes the main event in the 250 class, I know for sure. So when we go in to race the main event that night, we come back out to the pit, and his 125 is gone. It got <laughs> stolen. And uh, so that was like our first taste of pro racing, you know, and and, uh, and and so that was kind of a bad taste in his mouth. And obviously, you know, he was struggling just to make it to get up there and all sure, that. yeah, yeah. And that deal lasted about um, – Three races, I think, and then he ended up breaking his tailbone, and then he was pretty much done. Okay. Well, so, go ahead. I was going to say, so that's kind of the end of that deal, and um, if you want me to go into the next, you know, into, like, Woolsey and all that stuff, I'm going to that, but... Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you, you wrenched, so the list of guys you wrenched for, I'm going to name a couple of them, and I'm going to leave a couple out for a little bit later, but Brad Woosley, Grayson Goodman... Uh-huh. uh Ivan Tedesco and of course Charlie Bogard, who had he had his focus, probably could have been one of the all-time greats. Um, 
Yeah. So talk about going, you know, moving up into the pro ranks and working for some of these guys. Maybe give us a couple of stories. Yeah. So, um, so after lot, I kind of came home as, you know, probably a little bit bummed about that. Yeah. You know, we didn't have, we didn't have internet. We didn't have no way to, to communicate with the motocross community and say, Hey, I'm looking for a job, you know, in the industry or whatever. It was just the only thing you had back then really was like cycle news. Yep. And, um, so I kept, I was like, well, and you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a quiet person. I don't uh, generally put myself out there, you know, and just say, Hey man, I'm looking for this job, whatever. And right. what happened was, so after David Locke got hurt, I go to, by myself, I go to the fourth arena cross and this is in, I guess, 96. And as soon as I'm walking up, I already knew, you know, I, I could go inside, get a pit pass, all that stuff. And then just kind of venture my way around and, and I already had it in my head. I'm going to go talk to people. And um, the first person I ran into, sitting at the back of the state, or at the where you would enter into the pits there, sitting on the back of his box stand, was Brad Woolsey. And so I went up to him and I said, hey, man, uh, congratulations on your ride. He got this, it was basically like a factory Kawasaki deal for arena call. Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was him, Jimmy Gaddis, and um, I think Sean Morgan was the riders. And... Um, so I went to him, congratulate him, and I said, hey, uh, if you know anybody or, or you're looking for someone, whatever, I'm looking to get on with somebody. You know, I want, oh, this is what I want to do, and, you know, I don't have to make a ton of money. I know that i got to kind of work my way up. And it's funny because he's just like, hey, I, I actually need a mechanic. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. Yeah, that's what started that deal. And, and uh, so I hung out there that whole night with him and his dad, Jerry, and uh, the whole team. And I'm sure I was probably, you know, it was, it was probably annoying to them at the time. <laughs> but I just wanted to soak all this stuff in, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just watching everything everybody does. And, you know, because once I knew once if they really gave me the job that I wanted to be the best I could be and I wanted to do everything the way they wanted it done, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so that's how that started. And luckily for me, they offered me that job. And I think... <laughs> I think I was making $150 a week and then plus per diem. So they were paying my expenses and all that. Balling. But the first race I went to was Jerry had me come over to their house and, and uh, he's like, all right, I got you a ticket. You got to fly into New York and you're going to ride in the box van from New York to, I think it was Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And so uh, that was actually my first time to ever even fly. I never even flew <laughs> wow. before. So yeah. I was nervous, you know. But uh, luckily, I got hooked up with those guys, and, and uh, Jimmy Gaddis' mechanic at the time was Don Flew, who was a well-known mechanic. Um, you know, I think he won some prior, uh, prior championships and stuff with riders, and probably mm -hmm. with Jimmy. But he'd worked for, uh, I think, Kyle Lewis years before that, and pretty good-name guy. So, sure. So, yeah, so getting in there with those guys and kind of learning the ropes, um, you couldn't really ask for a better scenario. No, yeah, starting out, I mean, yeah, that's you, you, uh, it seemed like it was fate. It sounds like just, uh, everything was going your way at that point. That's a really cool story. Um, how do you, how do you end up, um, with like Ivan Tedesco? How, how does that happen? Well, so, so the deal with Woolsey, actually, I had, a, I had about a four year, uh, span there with, with Brad Woolsey. Okay. We, we got along great. And, um, you know, that, that Nielsen Enterprises deal actually went over to Carrollton, Kawasaki for, I think, two seasons. And we would do arena cross 
Supercross at the end of Arena Cross, and then we would do the Outdoor Nationals. And um, there was one time between there, and I, I guess I'll tell you this because it kind of falls in, into place in the years, but Wolsey got hurt, I think, at Minneapolis Supercross. I think he broke his collarbone or something. And uh, Grayson Goodman wanted to ride the 250. Grayson was riding for the SMP Yamaha team, if you remember that. I do. So Grayson needed a mechanic because he wanted to ride the 250 class, and I think his deal was only to pretty much do the 125s. So I went and worked for him for that whole season, which actually was it ended up working out great. I mean, he he made all you know I think every main event that we uh, pursued, and um, and then after that, you know, after that season, I went back to work with Woolsey again for Arena Cross and all that stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, you, yeah, I think you, I stayed with Woolsey till the end of '99. Yeah, you were staying busy. That's and and learning a lot in those years. I'd have to imagine. Yes, definitely, and and you know, kind of going back to not like 1998. If you remember, Wyatt Seals yep. was working for Jeremy McGrath in '97. So '97, mm-hmm. I was working for Goodman. Well, Goodman and and uh, McGrath were like best friends at that time. So. You know, I spent a lot of time around Wyatt and spent some time with Jeremy and, and stuff like that. And and Wyatt was one of those mechanics that I looked up to, you know. Um, so, in 98, we actually teamed up on the Carrollton team. So, it was it was Grayson Goodman and Wyatt Sills was his mechanic. We had Cliff Palmer <laughs> and then Cliff Palmer's dad, John. So, here I am with Woolsey again on that team. And I'm working with two former factory mechanics, uh, you know, former basically factory riders. Yeah. So, so the insight from those guys was just phenomenal for me. You know, it's like, it's just a first rate team really for, you know, arena cross. So I gained a lot of experience, you know, through those years. And, um, yeah, it was, it, yeah. Was, it was awesome. <laughs> hey, what I don't, what I want to do, cause you still got some really good stories and some big name riders that I want to talk about. Um, okay. let's take a commercial break real quick. And then I want to come back and talk about some of these other riders and your business. Okay, sounds good, man. All right, hang tight. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Second Trey, I wear Fly wear Fly Q. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products. Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. 
Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. All right, we are back with Scotty Haynes from Performance Factory MX. Uh, he, he was a, you know, basically a factory mechanic, a pro mechanic back in the 90s. He's got some really cool stories. Uh, Scotty, you, you've been talking about Brad Woosley and Grayson Goodman. And, and as your career went on, you started working with even bigger name riders. But um, so let's talk about like I want to know how you got with Tedesco um, first. And I sure. still have a couple guys I want to name that you haven't that I haven't said you work for yet. I just, I want the listeners to just kind of hang on and wait and find out, but talk about Ivan Tedesco. So, um, well, Ivan, so in 2000, um, Plano Honda was wanting to step up their race program. And yes. prior, you know, in 99, they had Goodman and Travis Elliott, I think. And they were riding, you know, they did the team out of a smaller, it was a, it was a big box man, basically. Yeah, I remember seeing and that so thing. One, I used to see that thing on 35 sitting off there for, for sale years after that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually ended up using it for testing, I think, once I, once we had the, the semi, you know, for yeah. the team. But so in um, 2000, so basically in the 99 after I, you know, I, I, Woolsey was getting close to wanting to retire, and, and I knew that was going to happen. And so Goodman approached me and said, hey, we're doing this team bigger with the Plano deal. I really want you to be my mechanic. And, you know, it's hard for me to turn that down because, I, you know, I, I knew it was a progression forward, and I wanted to go further in my career. So right. um, so I signed the deal with Plano Honda. Well, Goodman's deal was basically a Supercross-only deal. And so we did the Supercross season, had a, had an awesome year, had a lot of fun. Um, and at Vegas Supercross, we, uh, it was pretty much, I knew it was Grayson's last race. He retired from racing after that. And, uh, and for me, I didn't know where I was going to go. I kind of, I, I was in talks with a couple of different deals, but nothing really concrete. So, um, the last race, Steve Wagner, the owner of Plano came up to me and said, Hey, do you want to do the outdoor nationals with Ivan? And, um, I was like, sure, you know, I'm, yeah, I need something. So yeah, yeah, and how, so that's, that's that'd be hard to pass up. Yeah, so that's kind of how that come about. And um, you know, I'd done with the team. I'd done prior testing and sure. stuff with them. And and I was actually out there in California when Ivan broke his wrist because he missed the Supercross season that year. Yes, yes. And uh, he broke his wrist, and I was actually the one that took him to the hospital. You know, when he when he broke his wrist. So you know, I've been around. We were that was a really tight knit team, man. We all got along really well. And so for me to step in and, and take, you know, to, to be his mechanic, it was, it was no issue at all, you know? So. And what um, was, was that, a, when did you notice like a really a big step uh, as far as, you know, your job, what you had to do with your job? Was there a big difference when you moved to a guy like Ivan Tedesco as previous, or was it basically still working on motorcycles? You know, it was still basically working on motorcycles and Ivan, you know, he was a rookie that year. Yeah. So, he was the young guy that, you know, he kind of needed a little bit of direction, I guess. And <laughs> luckily, you know, I'd worked for guys because, you know, like Grayson Goodman was one of the best test riders 
that I ever worked with. And um, so Grayson was a good influence on those guys. And I know I know you hear there's there's things out there about Goodman, but as far as it's his knowledge in the race industry, as far as testing and 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 how to go about the business, he he was very knowledgeable about that stuff. Very cool. So, yeah. um, but no, Ivan was cool. I mean, he was a little bit on the ragged edge at first, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. But he wanted to put in the work, and that was one thing I really liked about him. Um, the hard thing with him, man, was trying to keep up practice bikes and stuff for him because that guy, I kid you not, he would probably go through a set of radiators like once or twice a week because Jeez. the guy would grip the bike so hard, and those radiators on the Hondas were so crummy that he would bend the radiators and and like he would tear the seat covers up after one ride. I mean, it was just crazy how hard that guy could grip a bike. Yeah, so, that's that's nuts. I've never heard that before. He was the hardest guy, I think, on equipment. But granted, you know, we're doing outdoor national stuff. The race bike gets rebuilt every week, but yeah. practice bike, you know, is like <laughs> once, just whenever I could get to work on them because you know we're traveling all the time. Right. So, well, um, Scotty, I want to I want to move on real quick to uh, to a couple of the legends that you worked for. Um, Bud Buddy Antonez, Bud Man, and Damon freaking Bradshaw. I mean, holy <laughs> crap, dude. Like, I mean, all these guys you worked for were talented guys, but those are some names that are just, you know, moto fans are never going to forget. Those are some bad, bad dudes. Yeah. Well, we can get into the Bradshaw deal, but honestly, I mean, the, the main main thing, um, Bradshaw didn't really get to work for him other than some test time. Okay. And then I helped him in 02 when he rode a ring across. Wyatt Seals actually – was his mechanic. Yeah. But I did have some hands on with, cause I had already started my business once he was on that arena cross deal. But I basically wanted to tell you about that whole deal because he was very instrumental as far as far as to why I had to start my business. Okay. Let's talk so, about that. Well, yeah. do you want to go back to the Suzuki stuff first or do you want to go into the Bradshaw deal? Let's, let's go to the Bradshaw deal because we, we are a little bit limited on time. Um, Okay. And what I, we may do is just you got a lot of stories, so it'd be good to get you back on another time. Sure. So let's let's talk sure. about the Bradshaw deal. We'll touch on your business a little bit, and then we'll just get you back on another time. Awesome, man. Yeah. Okay. So, so the Bradshaw deal. Obviously, I'd worked for Suzuki the year before, mm -hmm. and we um, and that was the Suzuki deal was the first like year it was Team Suzuki for Arena Cross. Um, so we did Arena Cross, and then after Arena Cross. I had, I needed another deal, um, and we'll talk about the, the, you know, the stuff on that later, I guess, but, yeah. so, I get a call from Factory Connection Honda, and it's Ziggy, who owns Factory Connection at the time, and Ziggy's like, hey, what are you doing, and I was like, well, I'm kind of in limbo right now, I'm not really doing anything, and so, uh, he said, well, how would you like to come work for Damien Bradshaw, and I was like, man, I, you know, I'd love to. And, he, and I said, what's he going to do? And he's like, well, he's going to ride a 125 outdoors. <laughs> and so this is two, this is 2001. Right. And so he said, hey, I need you to, uh, if you want to do it, it, you know, it's basically a verbal deal right now. And, uh, yeah, come out with us. Meet us at the track. We're going to do testing or whatever. So I go out to do testing, and we test some, and then, it kept raining. It just kept raining and raining. So we're just sitting around talking and eating chicken and doing all this stuff, you know? <laughs> and so I'm talking to Damon and he's like, man, he's like, 
it just rains all the time, you know. He's like, you can't get nothing done. And he goes, so he started talking to me about arena cross. And he goes, he goes, man, how much money did Buddy Antonez make in arena cross last year? And I was like, he made a pretty good chunk of money, you know. And uh, he decided at that point, he's like, what am I doing trying to ride the outdoor nationals? He's like, <laughs> I don't really have anything I need to prove. He's like, yeah. I need to go ride arena cross. Yeah. And I kid you not, that was when he made his decision. He's like, I'm going to go ride arena cross. That's bad. And so, yeah, and I'm sitting there looking at him like, did I just talk myself out of a job? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oops. So, so and then Ziggy told me, he said, hey, you know, we're we're looking at some other riders, and, and if this Bradshaw deal don't work out, then we'll get something going for you. Well, it didn't end up working out. So I came straight home after the deal with Honda, and I had I was in talks with a couple of different deals uh one was maybe to go to europe um the other was actually for kevin windham at the time when he had gotten hurt at suzuki i think he was talking about maybe just doing an outdoor only thing and um which nothing ever came out of that so i basically started my business then okay and um yeah and, and all this stuff went really fast there's like you know no downtime between this stuff it's like you know, every week something new is happening and uh, I had to make decisions really quick. You yeah. Know, so, yeah. Keep, you know, <laughs> so yeah. So 2002, you started performance factory MX and tell, tell us what that is. So I started performance factory MX. Um, basically I wanted to give back to the community, like quality work that you don't get from anybody else. That, that was my main goal. And uh, I wanted to offer a service that nobody else offered because I had so much knowledge from, you know, the, the pro years that I really thought, hey, I can I can do stuff that nobody else knows. I mean, I've got some insight on stuff that nobody else at a local level knows. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I pursued. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So give, give me some examples. Well, so, you know, obviously uh, offering like general race preps, like properly race prep bike, um, suspension revalving, and, you know, suspension stuff, I learned from a lot of the stuff I learned, some stuff from Bones at Pro Circuit. I learned a lot of stuff from even Wyatt. Um, and then, you know, um, Rob Henderson from that was the Suzuki, you know, RG3. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff from him. And so, you know, I just had a, some insight on things that I really thought was valuable, you know, to the, to the local com- community, you know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, just, and just doing full, full tilt race bikes. You know, I, I had, I had knowledge of, you know, how to port cylinders properly and how to get the power you want, how to move power around. And, and, uh, so that's what I wanted to offer. Yeah. That's really cool. Cause yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, that are just your weekend warriors or whatever, such as myself, you know, sometimes you just look for a local shop and you don't necessarily know who's actually working on your bike. Some people take their bikes to dealerships and, um, you know, you, you really don't know necessarily the experience of the person working on the bike. So with yourself, who has some professional experience in a shop like that, um, that, that's, that could be really detail-oriented, I would assume, and um, instead of just a, a basic maintenance job you i mean you really you could do all kinds of stuff almost anything that a factory racer could do yeah i mean pretty much and 
you know, one of the biggest things I learned from, you know, traveling, working with race teams and with factory teams and testing and all this stuff is, you know, there used to be this huge misconception about, oh, these guys in Supercross, their bikes are so fast. <laughs> but that's, that's a misconception. The biggest thing with a factory bike is that it is tuned and suited for that rider. So it's just a, a tailored bike for that rider. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I basically wanted to be able to offer people. Well, that's really cool, man. I, I like that. And where are you based out of right now? Where's your shop? My shop is actually in Coleman. It's, it's actually based out where my home is. I have okay. A, I have a, a big shop here. and Hell yeah. Uh, I've, been, I've, I've had it, you know, several. I've had one in Fort Worth at one time, and then I had one actually here off the highway for a couple of years. But that was back when the economy <laughs> took, a, you know, took a hit. So. Yeah. But the thing I learned was I'm like, you know, in this business, it's, it's word of mouth. So you don't really have to have a storefront that you get walk-in traffic every day. You know? Right. No, no, you're right. Well, not not in this business anyway. Yeah. You uh, you get some name recognition and some word of mouth at the local tracks. That's really where it's at. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, that's really but cool. We, you know, when, I first, when I first started, I had, um, I sponsored, I sponsored Jeff Gibson. He rolled out of my shop for, I think, three years. Okay. We did, we did Supercross, and then we actually did an old, I think it was old, old 03, we did the four-stroke Nationals, which, you know, that's because we didn't have the four-strokes in the right. you know, outdoor Nationals. We had their separate series. And we actually finished a second overall. Actually should have won the championship, but the rules got changed halfway through <laughs> where Paul Carpenter was able to throw a round out that he his motor blew up. Oh, wow. And Gibson actually had more wins, but he ended up getting second overall in the championship. So, um, you know, that was that was a big stepping stone for for my business at the time. It was uh, really really neat to be that successful. And um, he had a couple of he had a, I think he had some top four finishes in Supercross in the in the last class or the one twenty five class back then. Yeah, I remember. Hey, didn't he race? He rode for Billy Whitley for a while, didn't he? Yes, at Suzuki. I yep. well, I worked for yeah, and he worked. He did ride for him in uh, in Supercross on the Cernix deal. Yeah, that's yep. it. Yep. Yeah. Well, Scotty, man, that's really cool. I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us, uh, talking about Performance Factory MX. I I do want to get you back on at another time and talk some more about your stories. I, I want to hear some Budman stories and about working with Charlie Bogard, and uh, we'll we'll definitely do this again. Sure, man. I mean, anytime. Just you just let me know, and I'll be glad to come on. All right, Scotty. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we will talk to you soon, and I've, I'm sure that at some point we'll have to meet. Now, I'll just have to figure out when you're at a track or when I'm back in that area or something. Stop by and say hi. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. All right, Scotty. Thank you, man. You have a good night. All right, you too. Thanks for having me on, man. Yes, sir. Bye. All right. Bye. Again, that's Scotty Haynes uh, on Instagram at performance factory mx so check that out that's she got some good stories man i definitely um want to check that out and have him on again um we're about to wrap this thing up so once again i want to thank all our sponsors our title sponsor torque one racing shock socks all sport dynamics blood lubricants fly racing power band racing x brand goggles a churbies works wheels and mods and extreme colors and again don't forget about the contest you got to enter the contest we talked about at the opening of the show the Patreon contest coming up. So if you want to get involved with those and you want to help support the show, please go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and support the Moto X Pod show. But also we are giving away 
um, the works, wheels, and mods, Cerakoting of either the stator cover or clutch cover. Your choice if you win. All you got to do is a reminder, post a picture of the bike that you want the Cerakoting on, of the, you know, the busted-ass-looking stock clutch cover or whatever. Post it on Instagram, tag at MotoXPodShow, and tag at Works, Wheels, and Mods. Give you guys two weeks from the, this episode before we pick a winner. Um, but once again, we want to thank all our sponsors that make this stuff happen. We appreciate you listening, and we are going to call it a night. So we will talk to you again next week. See ya.